0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What?, a comics podcast for the Savage Critics website. In today's installment, Graham McMillan and I discuss Wednesday Comics, kind of counterpoint to his recent blog entry on the website. Later installments this week will see us answering questions from readers, rambling on and on about Silver Age Superman, comic storage tips, and movies we've seen and rented recently. But for now, we start off with something atypically short and self-contained. thanks to everyone who provided feedbacks and suggested topics, and we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening. Okay, how about I start talking about Wednesday Comics?
1: Oh, why don't you sing? As I uh, wrote an enormous piece about Wednesday Comics.
0: Exactly. Um, And therefore I figure everyone who's listening to this will have read your piece, and if not, they they can, and then then listen to me sort of have my say. Although it's a very brief say, because um you' you're, you're
1: not re- you're not really re- reading Wednesday comics in the same way I am though are you because I'm reading it every week right and you're you're you said you you had a couple to catch up on so are are you storing it up because you don't you find it the weekly thing not working for you or
0: yeah, you know, well, I mean, here's the thing. The first week, I was like, this is great. And then the second week, I was like, this sucks. And then I sort of put them aside. Well, actually, I didn't go to the comic store for another three weeks. But I wasn't really, like, super excited to, because that second issue, I kind of went, yeah, Yeah. most of these people kind of don't know what they're doing. You know, like, there's a very difficult, uh, implicit challenge to trying to tell a one page story at that size that has more than just sort of your one that, you know, the typical beats of working in a regular comic page. And Mm -hmm. it seemed, seemed like a lot of people either didn't have the grasp on that or what they were doing. And they did have a grasp on it. I I found were kind of boring, like the stuff that, that just knocked my eyes out of, um, like Paul Pope and Commandy, uh, those were things where I originally had the, the feeling of like, well, you know, um, kind of like I enjoy this enough. I can certainly wait and read a couple and I'll probably still enjoy them. Whereas the stuff that I didn't quite like, I was kind of like, you know, maybe if I read three of them at a time, they'll have more impact and just won't kind of feel like I'm sort of, um, you know, like basically getting frustrated for what's not there, like not giving it enough attempt to grow. So you know you I mean?
1: you're like Commandy then?
0: Oh God! Well, okay. So here's the thing. I I get what you're saying in terms of like admiring it, but not really liking it. Mm-hmm. But like in issue five, like the very first panel of issue five, and admittedly, it's the latest issue, and and everybody's story seemed a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know, at that stage. That first panel, it has Commandy tackling a gorilla who has just fired some sort of rocket launcher. And then you've got uh, the Tiger Prince with a sword who's attacking a gorilla on a motorcycle. And in the background, there's an explosion. And I mean, Graham, come on. That's everything I want in a comic book. Like right there in just one panel. And the panel is so beautiful. Like I can just sit there and look at that one panel and just be thrilled. Yeah, see, Um,
1: Ryan Sook's art is wonderful, mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. admire the format, and I think that it's very smart, Mm -hmm. but it feels really clinical.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I I just, I can't, I mean, you describing that panel to me gave me more excitement than the panel itself.
0: Right, which I can totally understand, because um, I kind of had that same feeling for the first issue or two, but... It it kind of it kind of won me over in bits and pieces. There's a there's a there's a point in the previous issue where Commandy like swings down out of the the skyship and grabs uh, the woman on horseback, and you know I mean it's literally a swinging thing. Ryan Sook's art again is just beauty and motion, but there's a kind of sweep to it. Um, I think that. You know, there's not a lot of people around who really respond to the kind of classic storytelling panel thing that that Burn Hogarth did so well with Tarzan and uh, Prince Valiant. I'm honestly, I'm not a fan either, and 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 I love uh, um, Alex Raymond's Flash Gordon, which is the same thing. So maybe it's the Flash Gordon thing which I learned to kind of have an appreciation for because I love that character, but. What really, what I really adore is that in these first five pages of, of Kirby, of Commandy, we have all of Kirby's tropes pretty much jammed into five pages. All the things that he's done on, um, uh, in Commandy, you know, but 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 reinterpreted through this sort of lens. And this is what I was originally going to say in some ways about Wednesday Comics is that it's the whole thing for me is kind of a cold formalist experience anyway. Like I'm enjoying it, but in a sort of meta, like, Oh, this is interesting kind of thing. Like the other night I was reading all these individual issues and, and, you know, you're kind of unfolding the pages and they're so big. You kind of have to bend them to like, look at, you can't, sometimes you can't look at all of the page all at once, particularly Mm -hmm. when you're like reading it in bed or something.
1: Yeah,
0: And, what I found fascinating was I was like, "Wow, this isn't a really interesting reading experience that I'm having." Like, I can't really say that. Like, I had some weird nostalgia thing being tinged in me. Like, I'm like, "Wow, I'm really enjoying this in a way that doesn't really have to do with enjoying what I'm doing." It's almost like I'm I'm enjoying the feel of it, if if you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm not enjoying what I'm reading, but I'm enjoying the act of reading. Does that? It, does it becomes
1: that a sense? very uh, meta. I was going to say metaphysical, but that's not right. Metatextual experience to read it because mm-hmm. you're never you can't divorce the format from what you're reading. It's impossible.
0: Exactly. You're
1: very very aware that what you're reading is uh, a, a, a formalist experiment in storytelling. Mm-hmm. For all, mm-hmm. I mean, the be, even the best stories, you're still aware that they're playing with format. Absolutely. You can never just lose yourself in the story, which is both one of its strengths and one of its weaknesses.
0: I agree. I agree. And I think that that was my my original frustration with the issues. Um, I'm kind of glad that I was sort of forced, you know, because I'd signed up for it to keep, keep buying the book mm-hmm. because what I found was by the third or the fourth or the fifth, um, I was starting to enjoy the experience of what I was doing Enough to where it superseded kind of my disappointment for uh, in reading stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so like for me, the stuff that works best is the stuff that almost has that. Like that Flash comics, you know, the Flash Iris West thing is so well done and seems to suit suit the experience so perfectly because it is so clever, um, you know. And I and I think that to me that works uh the dead man and and commandy um you know they they kind of end up working for me in ways that I kind of don't ex- wouldn't expect after reading the first issue that they would have, um you know, they just they just really work in their own weird, like, oh, this is a meta-textual thing that I'm doing and enjoying. Like, they're, again, in the Dead Man in the fifth issue, there's a thing where Boston Brand is having that spear, jut, you know, jut through his chest, and it's this huge panel. And the way the spear and everything's spurting, I'm like, that's just awesome. Like, but but what's kind of frustrating to me is that—is that Wednesday Comics has that kind of, Oh, that's just awesome. In a weird, um, you know, kind of the way that we go to big summer blockbusters, you know, at the movie theater, and you kind of like the experience of seeing the movie is the experience, not the experience of being transported by the story inside the movie, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean it's.
1: Um... I I very much felt that when I saw the first Transformers because I saw the first Transformers on DVD I didn't see it in the Mm theatre and throughout the whole thing I just kept thinking this would have been better in the theatre there's some movies that are made to be seen that scale Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they don't work on another scale which is a failure of the movie in a sense uh, as a storytelling vehicle but also something like uh, Caroline, which Mm -hmm. Having seen in the theater in 3D, in you know, in that format, I can't imagine seeing any other way. I'm sure it would work, but Mm -hmm. it almost feels that it's made to be experienced in a particular way, right? Which is on some level as valuable, Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, exactly. It becomes another form of experience that, as long as you don't get it confused with you know, what we previously associated as going to the theater and seeing a good movie, you know, um, as long as you don't confuse the two, it's kind of actually as a sort of, um, it's a, it's a pleasant thing in and of itself. And it helps when you've got something like Coraline that, that I'm sure, you know, is a good movie, whether, no matter what scale you're watching it at. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's some that are more optimal and there's points where you're watching transformers and you're like, yeah, it's kind of a crap movie. It's just that when you're watching it, it, it can be a great movie-watching experience, which yeah. isn't the same thing.
1: But here's the thing. I think if we start judging Wednesday Comics as, as a formalist experiment is successful, I think it's a failure. I think if Wednesday Comics doesn't engage you as a reader, then it's just some sort of dry art project. But and see, I, I think for Wednesday comics to work, to actually evoke the Sunday comics, you have to get engaged in the
0: stories. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, yes, I agree, because there's part of me, like, the comics that I do enjoy. I don't know, I just, I guess my thing is, is I'm not necessarily sure to buy into an either-or dichotomy there, um... Because there are comics like Popeye that, for me, are an amazing, fantastic storytelling experience. Or uh, Chester Gould's Dick Tracy, which, again, Sundays, dailies, it has its own propulsive rhythm and storytelling mechanism that, that works really well. Uh, but, like, you know, Winsor McCay's Little Nemo, which never really, for the majority of its existence, was not particularly a narrative, um, is a delightful experience that I think, you know... Well, hello, Luna. Uh, yeah, it's
1: Can you hear the cats who's just come up and joined me?
0: <laughs> very much so. My goodness. it was like... <laughs> 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 we have a special guest star. That's uh, really sweet. Um, so I, I see your point, and yet by the fifth issue, I, the things that I were enjoying the most were things that, like... I mean, I love Paul Pope's, uh, you know, his Adam Strange thing, particularly because it's so much a John Carter of Mars experience and not so much an Adam Strange experience. Like, he totally just reinvented it to do what he wanted to do. Yeah, but at
1: the same time, Adam Strange has always kind of been John Carter of Mars. like It feels like he sort of, like, distilled Mm -hmm. the essence of what it was originally.
0: Um,
1: Uh, But done so through through such different influences that it becomes a different strip. I, see, I, Pope's hmm. Strange Adventures, for me, is such a European comic strip.
0: Right. Yeah, no, Well, but see, for me, and that's the thing, I don't think that... I mean, you're right. Obviously, Adam Strange had a huge John Carter of Mars influence, but... But completely what they built that was new on it was that sense of like, oh, here's science fiction in the 50s, you know, this sort of John Gardner, uh, John Broom, uh, Gardner Fox type thing. And what I like is that he sort of threw the rest of that out. In other words, I don't think that he's being... He distilled the essence that he wanted to keep and and then kind of chucked the rest. And I think that 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 really works for me like you said and then he put in the parts that he wanted but in terms of this being a very I don't think it's particularly faithful to Adam Strange I think it's precisely how it's not faithful that that kind of makes it really at least four pages in really delightful you Mm know Um, and like you said that's the Euro influence that's the John Carpenter influence the heavy metal stuff I mean uh, but that's really like even then I'm not really I mean you can't you can't really be saying that you're enjoying the story and you're worried about what's going to happen to Alana and where Adam strange has Benzetta been Zeta Beam to, right? I mean, you're just no, saying, no, 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 really, I'm, really I'm enjoy enjoying it. that.
1: Yeah. I'm enjoying that on a, and I, I was going to say a deeper level, which is entirely untrue. I'm enjoying it on a more surface level. I'm enjoying it on the level of, I'm recognizing him, his influences. I'm recognizing his craftsmanship. And I, In a way, you almost feel like you're in on the joke, which is Mm -hmm. kind of why Kyle Baker's Hawkman doesn't work. I -hmm. understand the joke. I just don't like the joke. I think the joke's cruel.
0: Exactly. And to me, that's the difference is, in other words, to me, none of Sunday comics, you know, by your earlier structure, by your earlier definition – all of it fails if you look at it in terms of, well, with maybe the exception of, like, Supergirl for me. Uh, almost all of it fails in terms of, like, oh, it's a story that you're swept up in kind of experience. Oh, no, see,
1: I think Supergirl, Flash, and Batman work as stories.
0: Oh, I think if that's so, Batman works as an incredibly shitty Batman story, because that shit is dull.
1: That oh, is I really I, cool. I think I think Batman is great. Um, oh, I really, God. really like it. But not as a Batman story. I like it as a, as a non-Batman detective story. I think as a pulp story, it's one of the best things Azrael has done, where he's just been like, here are the cliches.
0: Oh, yes. Wow. That's certainly innovative, Graham. <laughs> my goodness. Let's give him credit for using cliches. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, God bless. I totally can see why he would just not really I just guessing, yet.
1: Do you disagree?
0: I, I, I would have to say that I do, because that's it. It's not really, I mean, I look at it, it's like it's like cliches. Almost everything is taking place sort of outside the panels. Um, it's just, it's just uh, what it is, is the aesthetic experience is rich. And honestly, I don't think it's that rich. It's just, I love Risso's art so much, and the coloring on it just drives me nuts. But, I mean, I love the fact that... that 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 Bruce Wayne looks like some sort of weird roided out douchebag kind of, you know? I mean it's just it's all really appealing to me, except the parts that have anything to do with the writing or the story, which is which is beyond tripe. I mean, I think it is it's unbelievably bad. I think it's like I think it's it's really crap. And I and so there is part of me, like as Batman or not, I mean, there's a whole like Ugh, that, that you know, th- that one seduction scene is probably the closest thing to having to being kind of an interesting scene to me. But like, you know, the scene where like Batman's hanging upside down with his little, uh, you know, bat listening device and the, the woman is saying shit to the son and he slaps her or something because she said he wasn't man enough to get a trophy wife or something. I mean, come on, that is really, it's really shit. Graham. I but I'm sorry.
1: I, I appreciate that at the same level that I appreciate like Miss Marple and PS. Like I completely recognize it and I enjoy it if, on some sort of camp level. Mm. And you just yeah. you just don't like Miss Marple. That's what it's coming down to.
0: That is a that is a very clever dodge. And you know what the worst <laughs> part is? Oh my goodness, Luna disagrees. Um,
1: <laughs> Luna's coming up to attack me. Um, exactly. No, I just, I think there's there's definitely a place for something where it is just indulging itself in the cliches of uh, uh, genre. And I, I, I can, you know, I think a lot of the superhero comics I love are doing that very thing as well. And there's nothing inventive or new about them at all.
0: Oh no, Graham, I would disagree. I think that I think that Azarellus Batman is very new and innovative in the way that it shows nothing happening and has the things that are happening be the most boring, cliche things possible. So really, if you think about it, it's unbelievably innovative. Don't you think?
1: <laughs> when you hate something, it's, it's kind of better than when you like something. Do you know that? <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, no, I do understand. Uh, It's just, I I can see that you like it. I just, I I know that there's a lot of people who like it, but it's such a big miss to me, and it's a miss in a way that I find completely exasperating. I just want someone that I can safely, um, you know, complain to. It's just unfortunately like Richard Nixon, I happen to record all my conversations (laughs) that I'm having with him, so...